Great to have you all here. For those of you who are here for the first time and don't know about the series that we've been in, we've been in this, this series on, on the prophetic, and it's been this awesome journey that we've been going on together just deeper into the heart of God and challenging ourselves to be like, oh, let God wants to speak to us and listening to God and sharing what, what he's putting on our hearts with each other and with people out there in the world. I've loved hearing the stories of you guys doing the stuff, not just kind of hearing it, thinking, that's nice, and then put that in my pocket until next Sunday, but actually stepping out and seeing these things happen, ministering in the world. It's really encouraging to see what the Lord's birthing in us as a church, this thing that he's growing in us and had built that foundation in us for. Last night, whilst I was kind of doing a review of today, of this prophetic series, I felt the Lord was just saying that it, we're, that today's going to be the last, the last message in the series, that we're wrapping up this prophetic series today. And actually, and you'll see what I mean by the end of the message, I feel that the message itself is kind of straddling the prophetic and also where we're going on to, which I'm not 100% sure where he's leading us into, but what's coming next. Uh, I'm convinced it's still building on those foundations we laid in place in that five-part foundation series that the Lord said, don't preach on the prophetic. You have to do this foundation series first. And so we did that. Next week also, if you're not aware, is, is Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was poured out on the disciples in the upper room. And I think there's a significant timing in that. So guys, please be praying. Please be praying for church. Please be praying for us as we're stepping out more and more, letting the Holy Spirit just work in us. Please be praying for that same kind of Pentecost environment here. We started this series then, just to give a little overview, by looking at the theology, looking at the origins of the prophetic. And then we moved into the more kind of, as the weeks went by, we went more and more practical in, our, in the sermons and the more practical aspects of the prophetic, literally like how to record words, how to, how to share words, the phraseology that, we, that, we'd be, that we'd be using. We spoke about character last week. We spoke about character and the fruit of the Spirit growing in us and how our combined characters actually make up the culture of the church. Last week was called Culture and Character. So that will be coming up online relatively soon. We said that your individual walk with God is important, that you're not just a bum on a seat in a church that we get to say, hey, there were so many people here at church today, but that you are important. And more than that, your individual walk with God is important for who we are becoming as a church and as our culture. And today what we're going to do is in some respects, we're going to build into that. Today, our focus isn't going to be on church culture or particularly our character as in the fruits of the Spirit growing in us. But you could say we're going to be looking at a kind of deep culture in ourselves, looking at a particular angle, this faith culture. This faith culture that's going on inside us. We didn't really have time to drill down into this last week, but the faith culture of our hearts for each and every single one of us is going to dramatically impact the faith culture in the church. And so today we're speaking about faith. Today we're speaking about faith, faith in the prophetic. This culture of faith that's within you. See, the prophetic and faith, they're completely inseparable. This hearing the voice of God and hearing the heart of God and communicating that into the world and faith, they're inseparable. Faith is almost like a battery 
the fuel to the stepping out in the prophetic. It's this heart-swelling assurance that Jesus speaks. Not like, I'm not sure if he wants to speak to me, but this assurance that Jesus speaks, that he speaks to you, that you are a child of God, that you can hear God, you can hear the voice of God, and that he wants you, as messed up as you maybe think you are, he wants you to bring his words into your sphere, into your, into your families, into your lives, into your industries, into your workplaces. Prophecy and faith have this direct correlation. So faith is so important when we walk out this prophetic journey. Romans 12, 6b says, So if God has given you the grace gift of prophecy, you must activate your gift by using the proportion of faith you have to prophesy. Some versions say, prophesy in accordance with your faith. We maybe know the theology around something. You know, the principles around something. We know how to share. Maybe after this eight-part series going into, going into faith, we know how to share. We know how we can hear and the ways we speak. We, we know the ways that God will speak to us. We've done that. But it's faith that will turn that little flame inside of our hearts into a blaze. It's faith that will cause us to go from that place of, uh, I'm not sure, to stepping out. And as we step out, we grow. It's faith that will see his kingdom come through the prophetic and be established in people's lives. That his kingdom, as we share the words of God into people's lives, that the kingdom is established and built in their life. Hebrews 12, 2 says this. says, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. When it comes to faith, what are you looking at? Who are you looking at? Are you looking at Jesus? Are you looking at him? Because if we're not looking at Jesus, it isn't the faith that the Bible speaks about. It isn't the faith that moves mountains. Jesus is the founder of our faith. And I don't mean he started Christianity, you know, like the colonel's the founder of KFC. You know? It's because of him. It's because of him. And it is in him that we can have and even dream to have this kind of game-changing faith. A faith that moves mountains. The faith that sees seas and oceans parted. The dead raised to life. The words of heaven, the words of wisdom from the very heart of God spoken to you that you can share that out to somebody and completely unlock the confusion that they're in because you bring the light and the clarity of the kingdom and the heart of God into their situation. He founded that faith in us and it's all on him. He perfects our faith. He's the perfecter of our faith. Nothing and no one else perfects our faith. It is because he is the king. It's because he is the provider. It's because he is our righteousness. It is because he is the healer that we can have faith, that we can have faith for those things, faith for healing, faith for our righteousness, i.e. our eternal life, our right standing before God. See, Jesus, God Almighty, saw that we were completely separated from God. God the Son, 
came to save us, to reunite us with God the Father, that we lived in conflict with God, that we could never stay and live in that place of blessing based on our own merits, based on keeping the law, that we would never, ever be able to find our way back to him that's following all the laws of religion, just being a really good person and keeping every single thing right. We'd never be able to find our way back to him by just doing that. We'd always fall somewhere. See, many people, and I have conversations about this and they're blown away when they hear this, many people think Christianity is about following a load of rules so that you can go to heaven when you die. When it's actually the exact opposite. It's not about going, just about going to heaven when you die. It's about seeing heaven come to earth today through you. It's all about not you being your own savior, but receiving the gift of the savior. You can never keep all the laws, but he did. He did, and he offers it to you. He offers you his perfect record to go over your stained and marred record, that we would have eternal life and fullness of life today in him. He came to pay the price for the sin that you've got and make an agreement with God the Father. And that agreement was made in his blood on the cross. That's how serious he is about a relationship with you. So that if you believe in him, his righteousness would be given by grace to you. And he would become Jehovah Sikenyu. Jehovah Sikenyu means the Lord, our righteousness. He would become our righteousness. That he would become your righteousness here today. And it is available to you. See, not your efforts and your works to be religious. That means that you've got right standing before God, where you are completely blameless before God. You have eternal life in Jesus, and it's not because of you. It's not because of anything that you've done, that you've been super holy and you've been super good. It's all because of Jesus Christ and his righteousness. He became for us Jehovah Rapha, the Lord our healer the Lord our healer. He was broken so that you could be made whole. He was the one who went to extraordinary lengths to save you, to bring you to him, to speak to you, to bring you into a place of relationship where you can approach him now, not in fear and judgment, but in joy and peace and love. Because... When you receive that, when your faith is in his righteousness and when your faith is in what he has done, see, because we're now called children of God, co-heirs with Christ, it transforms everything. If you are a co-heir with Christ, that means what does an heir receive? An heir receives an inheritance. What, what What does that mean? That means you share an inheritance with Jesus and in the kind of culture and the time of writing, it was only the firstborn that got the inheritance, wasn't it? Only the firstborn received the inheritance. See, you share in the inheritance of the firstborn son of heaven. That is just mind-blowing when you think about it. The birthright, it's enormous. Nothing is off limits to an heir. Nothing's off limits to an heir. 
We lay hold of the promises of God. We lay hold of the inheritance that is in Christ through faith, through faith. If you don't know Jesus, if he isn't your Lord, receive him today. Receive him today. All you've got to do is say yes. He'll walk 99% of the way, 99.9999% of the way, but he won't force himself on you. The door's open for you just to say, Jesus, I accept you. Come in. See, there's no bigger decision than that anyone will have ever made in their lives. If you're listening today or you're here today and the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart and you're like, I don't have that, but I want that. Make that decision today. Make that decision today. It's the most significant moment of your life. When you believe that Jesus is the Savior, that your faith for eternal life is in what Jesus did, not on you being super holy, not being on what you can do or maybe what you've been told you have to do, that faith changes everything. Do you believe that today? If that's you, tell him. You don't even have to wait. We're going to pray at the end, but you don't have to wait for that. Tell him now. Pray to him now. I receive you, Jesus. I make you my Lord. We can have faith in all kinds of things all kinds of things, that the plane is actually going to land gradually, that the chair will hold me when I sit down, you know, that the chair will hold me. When thinking about stepping out in faith, sharing a word, going out to pray for someone, we can find faith in our experience. And actually, as we grow in this, this is something, guys, you've got to take hold of because this is, a, I think, a trick of the enemy that he'll always try and put on you where we try and find faith in our experience, in what happened last time or in the way we did it last time, the pattern that we found. We can find that we have faith and confidence in ourselves, that we've been super good. We've been really good. We've been so spiritual. We've prayed loads. We've read the Bible loads, and they're great things to do. But the thing is, if we're finding we've got faith because of those things, and we feel that within that there's some kind of spiritual credit we've built up on a spiritual credit card, and then we go to Jesus and we have confidence and say, because I've done this, I've got faith that this thing that I'm praying for, this thing I'm believing for is going to happen, there's something's wrong. The only faith that matters is faith in Jesus. It's a confidence in him. It's a confidence in him. It's the assurance that death has been defeated. Right? We have that for our eternal salvation, for eternity, that sickness has been dealt with that he does speak, that he is alive today and seated on a throne in heaven. And he is here, present with us by the Holy Spirit, that the kingdom is coming and that the kingdom is advancing. It's the assurance and the confidence in Jesus above all, above everything. See, the enemy will always try to get you to have more assurance and confidence in what stands against Christ. More confidence in the sickness than Christ's victory over sickness, in the poverty over Christ's saying he is the provider. Have more confidence in the lack. Have more confidence in the doubt. Faith is all about 
confidence in Jesus, that he is our righteousness, that he is our provider. All through the Gospels, we see time after time, Jesus pointing to himself as the source of our faith, the direction of our faith, the place to put our faith in, to call on his name. Ask the Father anything in my name, and it will be done for you. Not be super spiritual and pray shed loads, and then you can ask the Father something in my name. And if you've been spiritual enough, then maybe you'll do something. Remember Jesus when he's in the storm with the disciples and they're in the boat and the disciples are terrified. And they say this to him, they wake him up and say, save us. And he says this, he replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and he rebuked the winds and the waves and it was completely calm. See, what have they just said to Jesus, whose name means Savior, and he came to save the whole world? And they say to him, save us, we are going to die. They really don't know who is in the boat. They don't know who is in the boat. Do you know who is in the boat with you? Do you know who's in your boat? Remember when the disciples, they couldn't heal or couldn't cast the demon out of this demon-possessed guy, and they come to Jesus privately afterwards, and they say, they, they ask why, why we couldn't do that. And Jesus replies to them, he says, because you have so little faith. Truly, I tell you, if you have, this is Matthew 17, 20, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, we know that one, right? Faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. This phrase, you of little faith, it has this meaning of lacking confidence. Lacking confidence. Growing up and many years, I often read this first thing. I'd read it as this thing of quantity. You need to build your own faith quantity up, like hold your breath and really believe, you know? You need to do a bunch of spiritual stuff to attain or reach this required level or volume, seed size. I don't know where they measure it. We do pints in England for milk for some reason. They do seed sizes for faith, but we have to reach the seed size. Do you have enough faith? Not you of little faith. Well, you know, I don't believe Jesus is speaking to these guys about reaching this level of faith that they are attaining to because, you see, the victory in the miracle is not on them. It's on Christ. It's, it's, he's speaking to them. It's not saying that you, you don't have enough faith because he's, he isn't speaking about quantity. He's not speaking about quantity because he goes on to say about quantity. And he says, if you have the smallest quantity of faith, if you have the smallest grain, if you have the, a mustard seed, if you've just got a mustard seed of what he's calling faith, that would be enough to move mountains. A mustard seed is a very smaller seed, isn't it? See, faith that moves mountains isn't a volume issue. It's a placement issue. It's a placement issue. Is your confidence in Jesus, is your faith in Jesus, or is your confidence in your spirituality? Is your confidence in your experience? Is it in what you have seen up until that point? 
Is it faith in Jesus, in the Son of God, in the morning star, as small as a mustard seed will move mountains? But a lack of confidence in Jesus, placing our faith for breakthrough in something other than Christ's victory, the things that he has won, but in something else, we're not going to really see anything happen. It's like putting a battery not in the battery compartment, you know? It's like unscrewing the torch and putting it where the bulb should be. The focus of our faith is in Jesus because everything that is laid hold of by faith is in him and was won for us by him. Think on that, guys. The focus of our faith is in Jesus because everything that is laid hold of by faith is in him and was won for us by him. See, you won't take hold of something in faith looking inside yourself, only inside of him. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the, and the assurance of what we do not see. Faith is the confidence of what we hope for and the assurance of what we do not see. I'd often read this verse and I'd never really think about why we have confidence, just this kind of, oh, faith is, ah, yes, that just be confident in the things that you hope for. But as I've done this, I've begun to realize that we have confidence and we have assurance in what we hope for because of Jesus, because it's based on who he is, what he has done, what his word says about him. I have confidence, hopefully you guys too, I have confidence and assurance of my hope for eternity not because of some kind of blind, blind hope that I kind of, this thing I made up that, okay, well, yeah, if I do this and I do that, then sure, I'll get to go to heaven. That's kind of cool and it's culturally relevant, so let's do that. No, I don't know. That would be believing myself, not God. So, you know, my confidence, my faith for eternal life is Jesus. It is in Jesus the Lord, my righteousness. It's not on coming to church. It's not on reading a load of stuff. It's not on being a pastor, because when I die, I'm not dying as a pastor. I'm dying as a follower of Jesus. You know, that my confidence and my faith, my assurance of that hope is in Jesus. I have faith for provision, not out of wishful thinking that, okay, yeah, this will be fine but because God said he's the provider, that he is the provider. The word says he's the provider, and through Christ and in Christ, the promises of God are made available and are open to us by faith. 2 Corinthians 1, 20a says, so no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. They are yes in Christ. Not in anything else, in him. I have faith that this church is going to grow and grow and go from strength to strength, that our vision and our heart to see missionaries sent out, church planters sent out, that we'll see churches planted around Asia and around the world, that is going to happen, not because it's some blind hope that I've got, but because Jesus said, go to Hong Kong in 2013, in October, and plant a church. And he's given us a word and he's spoken to us and he's confirmed it time and time and time again. I just received a word the other day from, from within the network prophesying in, some stuff into us and it 
Guess what it's about? It's about a boat, okay? But there's so much stuff speaking to us, confirming where we're going. Prophetically, I have faith that as I pursue him, he will speak. That he's going to speak. That he will speak to me. That it is his voice. Not some kind of blind hope and, okay, you know, I hope you speak to me one day. But I know that he'll speak to me. That he'll lead us and that he'll teach us all things. When we speak about faith, it's faith in Jesus. It's a confidence in him and a confidence that is based on grace and not based on works. You need to know, never limit your faith by making it conditional. Never limit your faith by making it under qualifications. I'm not sure if God's going to do this for me because I haven't, you know, I haven't prayed for a long time. I, I, haven't, I, haven't, I haven't been a good Christian, whatever one of those is. As someone who comes to church every Sunday. That was a joke, but it is. We should never do this. We should never do it. Because whilst it looks like you're putting your faith in Jesus, you are actually making your faith dependent on you. You're making your faith dependent on you, on your performance. And so actually, your faith has swung from having faith in Jesus Christ for the breakthrough and having faith on his victory to actually having faith in you and having faith in yourself. And you know what, guys? The enemy so wants us to come into that place where we say, yes, it's all about Jesus. But I've sinned this week. I really messed up. You know, kicked the cat out of the window. I got angry. I swore. I can't believe for that. I don't, I don't have faith for that thing. I don't, Jesus isn't going to come through for me because of what I've done. If you ever find that's the case, catch your thinking, catch your heart, because you're in the process of being tricked into putting your faith in your own works instead of Christ's victory. See, we... The children of God, the church, can believe for miraculous things because we are bearers and bringers of Christ's victory into the world. For some reason, God saw fit to partner and work with us, these, these fallible vessels of clay who constantly mess up. God can really trust us to be consistent in our messing up. We mess up. And yet he's chosen us to display his splendor into the world. That's just mind-blowing. You know, when I think of that, and despite all my failings, that he said, no, it's not based on you. I call you blameless and righteous before me, and that's not based on you. It's based on him. It's based on, it's based on Jesus. You couldn't, but I could. And I want to lead you into a place where you display my splendor into the world, where it's through you that the kingdom comes on this earth. That makes faith, faith in Christ, rise within me. It makes my heart burn. Not in a good way, right? Not, not in a, oh, kind of way feels like this sudden realization of victory. You know when you're playing a game, if you guys are into sports, and you know we cannot lose. There is no way to lose this game. You know, they've got to score 15 goals and there's only 20 seconds left. Faith creates in us this inner kind of environment, this heart culture, 
this burning faith culture in our hearts where our hearts are ablaze and we we clearly see and we feel this peace and confidence come not in us but in him and we act and we step out so guys that was just the introduction just go to point one just joking although i've called it one don't freak out how does this function how does this function here I just, I want to give a couple of things for you guys to have a think on and to challenge ourselves on in growing in faith and thinking about practically how faith's working in our lives. We have an inner capacity. Okay? We do have an inner capacity. And whilst our faith is, is, in, is in Christ, it, there is this thing within us of actually where's our, where's our focus? What are we filled with? Are we filled with faith in him? Or are we filled with something else? We're like a barrel. If you imagine a barrel, there's only so much space that we have. We cannot be full of faith in Christ and at the same time be full of doubt, fear, and anxiety. What are you filling your barrel with? Because that will begin to become this inner culture. And then for us as a church, that will actually begin to affect the whole culture or the faith culture within the church. We only have so much room inside of us, right? We know that at dinner time. We only have so much room inside of us in this proverbial barrel. If we are spending our days filling this barrel with fear and lies, there isn't going to be any space in there for faith. See, for many people, and I think for all of us to some degrees at different times, it could be a bit of a mix, right? Often it's like, it's, we've got faith. And I think for a lot of people, sometimes it's doubt, doubt or fear, you know? It's like shandy, which is never good, right? Beer and lemonade mixed together, ruins the beer. It's this thing of being like, yes, I've got total confidence in Jesus' victory. That's awesome. I've, the theology side of stuff, yes, that's brilliant. But then when it comes to practicing the theology and stepping out, it can be so easy to be like, whoa, I'm not doing that. No. Whoa. Faith affects the prophetic. The inner culture of our hearts, this culture of faith, if we're spending, because what's inside us is what's in our hearts and it's going on in our minds and all this stuff, we're not going to be thinking, hey, God, what do you have to say to this person? We're going to be dealing with our fear, dealing with our anxiety. You know, it's not just going to affect the prophetic. It's going to affect all aspects of your whole life, affect how you build relationships. It will affect how you share your faith with people and who you share your faith with and the amount that you maybe come out and you share your faith with people. It's going to affect, are you going to go after people and pray, pray for the sick to be healed? Are you going to go after a miracle? You're going to see what, what happens in that. It will even affect your vision, your destiny, your faith that you have a purpose, that you are special, that God made you for such a time as this, that God will speak to you and he will lead you in and on into your destiny. What are you filling yourself with? Or what have others filled you with? Because sometimes we get filled up with stuff that is not our, our own faults and it's just a kind of a, a lapse in, let's say, knowing it and some self-discipline, but actually sometimes it's others. Have you been told lies for so long that you believe them, that you're rubbish, that you're ugly, that you're worthless, that you're bad, 
And I haven't just put this in today because Jess shared that, but that's really pertinent to what Jess shared earlier during the, during the time of, of worship. That vision or that dream, the thing that you've got, the passion in your heart of where God's leading you into, have you been told that will never work? Don't even bother. You, that's a great idea, but you could never do that. Have you been told those kind of lies? Because they can fill you up and birth doubts and disbelief inside us. Fill yourself with faith. Fill yourself with faith. Let your full internal capacity be consumed and occupied, not with the words of hell, but with the truths of heaven. Just one little example. Nothing's wrong with Facebook. Nothing's wrong with Facebook. But you know, Facebook, if you are looking at Facebook and you are filling yourself with words of not being given, not being good enough, comparing yourself with people and thinking, I'm just rubbish. I'm not measuring up to my peers, feeling inadequate. You need to take a pause from it. You need to take a pause from it because it's not just making you feel rubbish. It's robbing you of something. It's robbing you of your faith capacity. What else is robbing you of faith capacity? I very rarely go on Facebook, so that's never really an issue for me because I'm never there. I'm not saying never go on it, right? Like, all these things are fine, but what is robbing you? Is there anything robbing you of your faith capacity? Do you need to make a change? Sometimes it's people, and you need to challenge them and say, look, I love you, but you've got to stop speaking to me like that. Support each other in the church. Build each other up. Encourage each other. Never speak like that to each other. Build each other's faith capacity up inside the church. Encourage each other in the Lord. We often, and if you're here for the first time, hopefully you've seen that from just testimonies and things like that. We often speak about going out into our weeks, giving words to people, being Christ to them, that actually we're here to be equipped and then sent out to do the work of ministry in the world, ministering to our city. In order to do that effectively, we must be filled with faith. We must be full of faith, full of him, going out filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled with this assurance of what he can do through you. We know that we need to minister, right? We know that we need to minister. But when we're actually out there, we can often feel so empty, when actually facing it. I don't know if you guys had this, where sometimes you, you feel God says to you, like, pray for that person, speak to that person, and you just feel, oh, like, you know, like when you kind of have a load of work to do and you think, no, I'll do it tomorrow. You know, it's just that, it's almost like, I just can't deal with that. This, this, this uh, weariness is the best way I can describe it. A weariness to not, not that fire in your heart that, yes, God wants to speak to this person. I am deeply confident in that thing that's inside me. Not because of me, not because I feel amazing because you may be exhausted, but because I know he, he's real. And actually that that word could bring transformation to them. Fill yourself with faith. Your capacity brimming over. That when you go out into the week and that you minister, we aren't filled with doubt, anger, anxiety, fear, all the stuff that can be a result of the things that we're going through. Rather, we're filled with the Holy Spirit and we're filled with faith when we step out of our front doors. It's faith in Jesus. And faith brings action because it causes us to step out on the promises of God. And it causes us to lay hold of those promises of God and bring them into 
today. Bring them into the here and now. Faith gives us strength. Faith gives us strength when it's tough, when we're weak. Faith will bring blessings and joy. But also, Christian life's not a bunch of roses. Most of the disciples were like sawn in half. Sawn in half, killed, stabbed, executed, crucified, all these things. Faith brings us strength through persecution. Strength in suffering. Faith in Jesus. So just to end this section on capacity, I want to remind us that we don't muster our faith. That Jesus is the one who perfects this faith within us. And that as it happens, as we look on him, it grows and he perfects our faith. Let, let me just read this beautiful verse to you. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read more of this later on. Um, it's from the Passion Translation. It's Hebrews 12 too. We look away from the natural realm and we fasten our gaze onto Jesus who birthed faith within us, who leads us forward into faith's perfection. His example is this, because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his. He endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation and now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. Fasten your gaze upon Jesus who birthed faith in us. And the second thing, just to kind of bring it into, bring it into land, is we need a system of growing in faith. In order to grow in faith, we're going to need some systems, some kind of principles that we're, that we're doing, that we're, that we're living out. Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Get in the Bible. Get in the word. Get time in the presence of God. In and with the Holy Spirit. What is he speaking to you? What is he saying to you? What are the words that have been spoken to you? And as God speaks, our faith is built. As we're in his word, our faith is built. We need this practice in our lives where we are constantly firing ourselves up, building this faith in us, in him. So something, hearing testimonies, like the stuff Fergus shared and Josh shared, hearing testimonies builds faith, doesn't it? It builds faith. You can be in church and hear testimonies. Also now, praise God, there's YouTube. You can see, obviously make sure they're good, credible ministries, but you can have your faith built in so many different ways by seeing incredible things happening. Words of knowledge. Sean Bowles is a great guy to go and look at. Prophecy. Healing. The number of amazing testimonies and actually it happening right there and then online. Imagining as well. Imagining can be a great faith booster. What is the Holy Spirit speaking to you in your imagination? What are you dreaming about? Ephesians 3.20 says, never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all. For his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Can't out-imagine God, guys. That, can be a, that could be an incredible place to go to for dreaming and, and, and bringing, growing your faith. Because 
you're never going to be ima imagine something which is outside. Sorry, no, we can't do that because there's too much. Like faith doesn't doesn't get that thing unless obviously it's not something that's in him. Like having faith that someone's going to drop down dead or something like that. Taking risks. Second Timothy one seven says, "For God will never give you a spirit of fear, but the Holy Spirit, who gives you mighty power, love, and self-control." I have found that faith produces faith. Faith produces faith. It's a virtuous circle. You may have heard of a vicious circle. It just gets worse and worse and worse and worse. Virtuous ones go up. That it just gets better and better. When we have faith in Jesus that he will speak and that that prophetic word that we hear is him speaking and we take the risk and we share that word and it lands and it lands and you just see that other person and it'll be varying degrees like thank you that's so encouraging this week I'm going through this particular stuff sometimes you maybe have someone say how on earth did you know that how how did you know that and you just know that the thing that you've shared wasn't just you getting lucky or you, you just kind of making something up that's that's just there but actually it was God speaking to you and through you right into their situation that is going to boost faith as you take risks, that will boost your faith. We just need in amongst that to guard ourselves as we step out and we take risks to not put our faith in our experience, to not put our faith in a pattern of how we've done it in the past. Remember Jesus, when he healed people, he healed people and the way he did it was different every single time. But that our experiences are always pointing back to Christ and his faithfulness, that we are always in awe of him, that we are full of hope in him. Our prayer lives, they're key to growing in faith. If you guys don't do this when you pray, I encourage you to keep track of what you're praying for. Write it down. Write down what you're praying for. And as that happens, tick it off. Tick it off. Small groups as well. Some, some of you guys are in small groups. Encourage each other to do this. You don't need to share every single thing you're praying for, but encourage each other to do that. Write your list down. John 15, 7 says, but if you live in life union with me, and if my words live powerfully within you, then you can ask whatever you desire, and it will be done. See, when you pray for something, when you pray for whatever you desire, and you're praying for people or you or situations of life, and it actually happens, and it happens, because that's actually how it works, you know? It happens. Blows your mind. And so it's so easy to forget the faithfulness of God. It's so easy to forget that. Write the list down and look back and you'll be blown away. That's all. He's done this. He's done this. That's incredible. That's incredible. Praise your God. That will build your faith. That will build your faith. And the last thing I just want to share is track what God is doing in your life. Not just the answered prayers, but remind yourself of the stories. Write down the stories. The things that he's done in you and brought you into. Deuteronomy 8.2 says, And you shall remember always all the ways which the Lord your God has led you. These 40 years in the wilderness so that he might humble you and test you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commands or not. Remember, write it down. 
It's a little bit like when we were starting the prophetic series. One thing I encourage you guys was write down your prophetic journey so far, your prophetic story, some of the key aspects, the places where God has intervened and sent your life in different ways. And actually, as we begin that, we build up a picture of, wow, that's incredible. Look at the prophetic story of my life, the way God has led and guided, the relationships he's created and brought you into, the things he's done in you. Remind yourself of the stories. We're following us, we're following his voice has led you. That's going to build faith in you. So guys, I just want to kind of bring it into land a bit. The prophetic, these revelatory gifts that we've been sharing about, they're all about God speaking to us, about God revealing his heart to us and us revealing that into the world. It's all for glorifying him. Faith will carry us Faith will cause us to step out, but will carry us to greater and deeper places within this gifting. Faith is the flame of certainty burning in our hearts that all the hopes that we have in his promises are yes. So as we come to an end in this kind of prophetic series, as, as we draw that into an end, I just want you to remember that he is perfecting our faith, that he's made a way for us to come into the presence of God, into his presence, that we can hear God speak, that we can have our ear on the very heartbeat of heaven, that the, that the core of everything isn't about seeking after some gifting, but it's about seeking after him. It's about seeking after his presence and being in his presence and getting closer to him and just gazing into his face, the one in whom we have faith, the one in whom we push into and we lay our head upon his chest and that when he whispers, our ears are right there to hear what he's saying. Guys, I want to end by just reading a few verses from Hebrews 12. And they are these beautiful verses. I, I'm going to reread that one I did earlier. The which stir us kind of over this prophetic series, to remember the origins of the prophetic. That's what we started in. And also the privilege and the enormity of blessing that we have received and that we have stepped into. That we can come into his presence. What amazing privilege that is. And that he doesn't just speak for a few people, but that he speaks, his poured his spirit out on all flesh that he speaks to all of us today. So let me read to you. I'm going to read Hebrews 12, 2, 18, 22 to 25. We look away from the natural realm and we fasten our gaze onto Jesus who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. His example is this, because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his he endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation and now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. We are not coming, as Moses did, to a physical mountain with its burning fire, thick clouds of darkness and gloom, and with a raging whirlwind. By contrast, we have already come near to God in a totally different realm, the Zion realm. For we have entered the city of the living God, which is the new Jerusalem in heaven. We have joined the feastal gathering of myriads of angels in their joyous celebration. And as members of the church of the firstborn, 
all our names have been legally registered as citizens of heaven. And we have come before God who judges all and who lives among the spirits of the righteous who have been made perfect in his eyes. And we have come to Jesus who established a new covenant with his blood sprinkled upon the mercy seat, blood that continues to speak from heaven forgiveness, a better message than Abel's blood that cries from the earth, justice. Make very sure that you never refuse to listen to God when he speaks. Make sure that you never refuse to listen to God when he speaks. For the God who spoke on earth from Sinai is the same God who now speaks from heaven. That's where we are, guys. Let's be that church. Let's be that people. Have this culture. That, let's have that faith, that passion to pursue his presence above all things. More of you, God. More of you. And from that place stood before him, as his voice comes from the very throne of heaven, that we would hear his voice, that we would pursue that, that we would be open to that, to speak that out into the world. And that we would hear it through the myriad and the beauty of all the different ways that he speaks to us. We've looked at that through this series, whether through dreams or visions or impressions, whatever it may be and all the rest, that we would be so ready to have our ears on his heart, that we would be so focused on him that it is in him there is the victory, that our faith would rise in us and we would be that voice out into the world, out into a world that so desperately needs to hear heaven speak. Father God, Lord, I thank you for this series. I thank you that you've led us into this place, God. Lord, I pray that the seeds that were planted through this time, God, would grow in amongst each and every single one of us who've been on this journey or who are re-listening to podcasts and are going on this journey afresh, God. Lord, grow this, this spirit and this heart and this hunger for us to pursue you, God, to get into your presence, God, to be there for nothing else than just just to gaze into your face. And as we're in that place, Lord, that we would hear your voice, that we would hear your voice. Lord, I thank you for this series, God, and I just pray great fruit in this place. Lord, I pray for Destiny Church Hong Kong, that you would grow and develop inside each and every single one of us, this beautiful, healthy culture, walking, in the spirit, in a very supernatural, but in a very normal and real, raw, authentic kind of way, God. Lord, that this would be a place, God, where the culture that you're calling us to be, see this prophetic culture, this culture of just being in your presence and this dependency on you, this pushing into you, God, would just grow and rise in us, Lord. Let us be this community of faith, God, on nothing else but you, Lord, in your victory. You and your victory, Jesus. In your great and awesome name. Amen.
Guys, if you are here today, if you're here in this place or you're listening to the podcast and you want to make a decision today to follow Jesus, to make him Lord of your life, maybe you've walked away from Jesus, you want to come back to him. I want to invite you to make that decision today. I'm just going to ask everyone, close close your eyes so it's it's a little bit of um, just privacy between you, you and God. If that's you today, you just... Say, say this prayer after me. Jesus, I thank you for saving me. I thank you for going to the cross for my sin. I ask for forgiveness today. And forgive those who have sinned against me. I thank you that you are my righteousness. That because of you, I can stand blameless before God. I thank you that I have received eternal life in you. And all blessing in you. I choose to give you my life today and follow you from this day forward. Guys, keep your eyes closed. If you're here today and and you prayed that prayer, we'd love just to speak to you afterwards. If that is you and you're here, just pop your hand up in the air. giving your life to him or just coming back to him today and that's you just as everyone's eyes are closed and heads are bowed just pop your hand up in the air and one of the team will just come and speak to you later if you're listening on the podcast please feel free and you prayed that please contact us through the website it'd be great to hear from you we'd love to walk with you connect you with a great church okay guys we're going to go into a response time now if you have a word that God is speaking to you now if you have a prophetic word that you feel that's right to bring this is a good opportunity to to do that just kind of signal me and we'll find the right time to share that Some of you guys over the week have messaged me about pursuing aspects of the prophetic as the gift, that I've, as, whether it's words of wisdom, words of knowledge, discernment, prophecy. If that was you and you're, you're here today, just take this time to pray and just ask God to grow and develop that within you. If God's stirring something in you along this prophetic revelatory gift line, please message me about that. Father God, Lord, I thank you for today. Lord, I thank you for the work that you've done in people's lives, even in this place today, God, and that you're going to do through the podcast, God. Lord, I, Holy Spirit, I thank you for meeting us individually where we're at, Lord. 
and taking us on. God, I pray that as we walk this journey of faith, as we go out of this place to minister, God, in our city and in our lives and in our spheres, God, that we would be fired with faith. Holy Spirit, that we wouldn't leave our houses without you. Come and fill us afresh, Holy Spirit. And that we would go out with the assurance of your victory, that our faith would just be in you, God, in you, Jesus, and what you've done. Yes, Lord. Lord, I pray for each and every single one of us as we go out into our weeks. I pray for opportunities. I pray for the great times, God, Lord. Lord, I pray within the challenges, God, that you are there as a comforter. And I, I, pray, I pray, Lord, that there would just be peace, that there would be peace in and amongst all of our hearts, Lord, that we would live in that supernatural peace. In your great and awesome name, amen.